Okay, hi. Okay, so my story begins in 2005. Uh, first of all, hello. Uh, so uh, I received a letter in the mail uh, basically saying that Peace Corps thought that I would be a great candidate to represent Americans in Kenya. They thought that I would be able to uphold uh, Peace Corps values, which are to uh, you know, represent Americans, learn about other people um, as an American, and also wherever they send you, you will be able to help these people achieve their goals. And they thought this about me, and I too thought this about me. Uh, so I got the letter in the mail, and I am just feeling real Lord of the Ringsy, right? I'm like so excited. I'm like, this is going to be an adventure, and I'm leaving Oakland, and uh, or whatever. And I'm like, mind your feet, Frodo. You never know where they're going to take you, or whatever. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, no, no. I know where my feet are taking me. I'm going to Kenya, and I'm going to like save the world, whatever. So uh, I threw myself a black ass barbecue and said goodbye. <laughs> and hopped on a plane to Arlington, Virginia. So what Peace Corps does is they, before they send you to the country that you're gonna go stay in for two years, um, you, they do something called staging. And so in staging, you are basically, um, you know, get starting your vaccinations, um, and you are learning about cultural things from the country that you're going to go to, the, the do's and the don'ts, and um, you're meeting the people who you're gonna potentially be spending the two years with. Um, so I'm looking around the room, and I'm checking out everybody, and, and I noticed uh, this young lady who looked like she just stepped out of a J. Crew catalog. Uh, she was dressed head to toe in J. Crew gear, and she looked like a model. <laughs> Her name was Kirsten. Uh, uh, and everybody, not everybody, but some people were like talking about the way she was dressed, but I couldn't throw stones at her because I had packed pink Uggs to take to Kenya. So I couldn't say anything about her. <laughs> so, uh, so, that, so that day, you're basically signing your life away. <laughs> basically, you're saying that if something happens to you in Kenya, your parents can't sue. <laughs> this is what you signed up for. Uh, so Peace Corps also has a, a lovely idea, and it's cost-effective, where they put you in a room with a roommate, and maybe their idea is that you'll have an opportunity to form a bond with this person, and this person will be supportive to you for the next two years. Uh, my roommate, we will call her Pettybone. Pettybone was the most sprightliest, optimistic, everything's jelly beans and stickers, we're gonna save the world and everything is gonna be all good kind of person I ever met. And frankly, I was a little bit disgusted by her, to be honest, because I wasn't feeling any of that at that moment. Um, mind you, when I was in Oakland, quitting my job, giving up my apartment, selling my car, and breaking up my boyfriend seemed like a fabulous idea. <laughs> but I'm in Arlington, Virginia now, about to get on a plane to God knows where, and I'm feeling very apprehensive about it. And I'm feeling an emotion that I, I, I'm not normally an anxious person, so I'm unfamiliar with anxiety. And I don't know what to do with it. It's, it's, it's building inside of me, and I'm getting to the point where I, I know I'm about to lose control. I don't know how, I don't know what to do with this emotion. So I'm in the room with Pettibone, and I'm just kind of like, hey, so, you know, how are you feeling about this? Like, we're about to go to Kenya. Like, we don't, like, we don't know shit about Kenya or whatever. And she's like, um, and she's like, no, 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 not me. No, no, I'm pretty confident in, in, in my decision. And, and, you know, the way I was raised, and she said it just like that, the way I was raised is that if you make a, um, if you're not rich, the only thing you have is your word, and you have to keep it. And then she, like, 
fancied off into the bathroom. And I'm thinking, <laughs> and I'm thinking like, well, now I'm just a broke ass coward because I'm not feeling any of that. And my anxiety is pretty much based on the fact that, okay, I'm going to Kenya and it's a predominantly black country and I'm black, but that's a different kind of black. And I don't know if they know what kind of black I am. And with the stereotypes of a black woman here follow me over there, do they know why I'm here? Why would they know? Why would they care? Would they see me as an American? Would I have to convince them I'm an American? As some people I would have to tell them. Or, or would I get the opportunity to be me without any of these stereotypes attached to me? And would I even like that me? So hellish is going through my head. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think I can do this. So Pettibone comes out of the bathroom and she lays in bed. I'm like, okay, you need to get yourself together, okay? Because you're about to bolt out the door and then you have a curfew, so you really can't go anywhere. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take a Shanita shower. A Shanita shower is just a very, 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 very long shower. If you're an environmentalist, you probably are not gonna like me if we share a room together. So I go in there and I take my shower and I come out and I just lay on the bed and I'm like, okay, deep breath in, deep breath out, deep breath in, deep breath out. And I hear Pettibone on the phone with her family members. And she's speaking in the most weirdest, babiest voice I have ever heard. And it sounds like this. Hi, Daddy. I miss you. Oh, I'm going to go off. It's going to be great. And you're going to see me in two years. Where's my sister? Put her face. And I'm thinking, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who have they roomed me with? And I cut my eye at her. And I'm like, is she kidding me? Is she kidding me? And I'm like, is this a sign from the universe that my black ass is just get on a plane and go back to Oakland? Because I'm listening. I'm listening. And so finally she got off the phone and I'm just like, you just need to go to sleep. Tomorrow you actually have to make the choice if you want to get on the plane or not. So we wake up in the morning and the weight is weighing heavy on me now. Now instead of feeling like 120 pounds, I'm not 120 pounds anymore, but back then I was. I'm feeling like 320 pounds. And it's that feeling you get when you're so scared and so nervous, everything is laborious when you're trying to move your body. So instead of doing this, you're doing this. And you're doing this. And you're doing this. And it's hard to turn your head. And it's hard to pick up your toothbrush. But not Pettibone. Oh, no, no. She's walking around the room with her little carry-on, packing in stuff or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, she's serious. Like, she's really sure about what she's about to do. And I'm not. And I'm not feeling like a badass like I thought I was. And so I'm like, okay, you just gotta put one foot forward and one foot you know, ahead, ahead, ahead. So we get down to what we call, it's the departure bus, and there's this guy named Rich, and he's checking his list and checking it twice, making sure that uh, nobody left in the middle of the night. <laughs> and he, he looks up, and he turns around, and his pen is, his pen is a little bit shaky or whatever, and he goes, I don't know about you guys, but I'm scared. And we're like, hell yeah, we're scared. Oh my God, what is Peace Corps thinking? I got caught smoking weed in 1999 and they're sitting in a crib with Kenya. And I'm like, I, we're, I packed pink Uggs. I shouldn't be going over there. And everybody's just like, oh, thank God. Everybody feels the exact same way. We don't know what we're doing. What do we sign up for? Pettibone, who I did not know was sitting right behind me, goes, not me. I'm not scared. I feel great. <laughs> and I look behind me and her little hand is like over my seat. And I'm thinking like, I can't do this for ten, two years. I cannot. And I'm like, as soon as my feet touch the motherland, I am ditching her. 
one way or another. So we get off and we're at the airport and I have to walk through the doors. And if you've ever seen Poltergeist Part 1, do you remember that scene in the movie where the mother has to rescue her children and she's looking down the hallway and there's a door there and the door just gets, the hallway just gets longer and longer and longer and longer and that was me. Every step I took, the direction got longer and longer and longer. And Pettibone's in front of me and she's moving at a regular pace and there's a presence behind me and it's not physically pushing me, but I can feel the intensity and the determination of it. And I'm just kind of just doing one of these things with my roll on. So I'm walking and all of a sudden, Pettibone collapses in front of me. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm asking you to empathize with me. <laughs> she collapses in front of me, right in front of me. And she's not wailing, but she's crying, and her, and her body is clearly, she's vibrating, she's crying so hard, because she doesn't want to get on the plane. And all I could think was, are you kidding me? Out of all the people here, you collapsed in front of me. The person for the past two days you've been super condescending to about my anxiety, and you had the audacity to collapse in front of me. And I'm standing there, and I'm telling this story, and it's in, in rapid fire, but everything is happening very quickly, but in my mind, it's going very slowly. So I'm standing there, and I don't know what to do. She's like standing in the way of my future. <laughs> She's laying in the way of my future. And I'm staring at her, and I'm looking around, and nobody's like really reacting. Kirsten, who I found out was behind me, does just like this. She grabs a roll on. She does like this. <laughs> and steps right over Pettibone. And I'm like, that's the most badass thing I've ever seen happen in so long. I know you're thinking like, oh, Pettibone, but no, I'm telling you to empathize with me. So don't worry, don't worry. Somebody came and like dealt with Pettibone and you know, and, and, you know, helped her out. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I can either join Pettibone <laughs> on the floor or I can join Kirsten. So I grab my little carry-on, and I go like this. So I didn't step over her. I didn't step over her. I went around her, and I walk up behind Kirsten, and I go, we're going to be friends. <laughs> we're going to be friends. So we actually did. We're really good friends for the two years we were there. And so when you're in Peace Corps and you finish your service, you do something called COS, and it's a close of service. And every single group does something to kind of like what's the word, commemorate your service there. And so we decided uh, to get t-shirts made. Um, and so I actually have an original t-shirt <laughs> from 2005, 2007. And it says 2005-2007 uh, Peace Corps. But on the back, we have uh, <laughs> I Feel Great shirt. That is uh, my story of envy. I envied both Pettibone and Kirsten. Kirsten is actually here tonight. <laughs> the original Kirsten. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's, that's my story. Thank you for listening. <laughs>